0: So I hope I can make it through Degrassi Viewing Podcast. I'm your veteran, Donnie.
1: I'm your, uh, your neophyte, Frank.
0: And today we have a very special guest, our pal, Gwyn, here with us today.
1: Hey, Gwen.
2: Welcome back, myself.
0: <laughs> so today we're going to be taking a look at Degrassi, The Next Generation, Season 3, Episode 7, Should I Stay or Should I Go?, uh, a couple content warnings on this one. It is going to be discussing teen sexuality quite a bit. There's going to be a brief mention of homophobia. Also, the B-plot is going to carry on the part of Snake having cancer. There's also some discussion of child death. Um, we might even be talking about in like real-life death as well. Um, as well as some mentions of very brief mentions of suicidal ideations, as well as alcoholism and driving under the influence. Oh, I think that's about everything. So, um, oh my gosh, sorry, is very talented and just jumped into Frank's lap.
1: This, things are as they are, sh- things are as they should be.
0: She has a lot of things to say as she makes her way closer to the mic. <laughs> she has a lot of opinions about this episode.
2: Yeah, you're actually not allowed on the table.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Um but yeah. I've, ever
1: since I've had cats for a while, I just my parents are and no, I are just like, eh, screw it. <laughs> Who cares? They're gonna do that.
0: We're trying to keep the the table is like the last space other than the bedroom <laughs> they have not cleaned for their own. Trying to keep it safe. Um
2: right, we do promise this will be a relatively cat free podcast from here on out.
0: Yeah, Gwen's gonna try to keep us in line. I make well, no promises. Yeah, right. We'll see how it goes. But um, before we get any further, we need to know what the heck our A-plot and our B-plot are. So, Gwen, we invite you to introduce it.
2: Okay, so A-plot, um, Craig and, and Ash are still in a relationship. I, I don't know for how long. I think a little bit now. Again, I don't watch all these episodes in sequence. I catch some of them in the background. Most of them just overhearing the podcast in the distance. Uh, but Craig, Craig and Ash are dealing with relationship woes, essentially. Um, it's the, it's the, the main conflict here is, is like commitment and the varying different types of commitment. And where, where like essentially where sex comes in, in that picture. Um, And then their B-plot is Snake is in the throes of chemo uh, and and radiation treatment, and he's having a bad time, and he's trying to figure out how to process all of that. So I think it's been decided we're going to talk about the B-plot first.
0: Yep, that's the plan. Um, So we open up our (laughs) B-plot. We're running into this issue I'm already noticing again with these episodes where the B plot is tacked in in a way that's very odd. And quite frankly, like not used very much at all. And the timing of it is a bit weird. So the B plot kicks in a little late. um, And it's basically just Spike dropping Snake off at school. um, And they're having a discussion. Spike is really trying to get Snake to take a day off. But Snake is worried about being able to secure a sub and all of that type of stuff, which is, like, a very real struggle. We've talked a little bit about this, about how hard it is. Like, teachers getting sick is such, like, a difficult process because getting sick and taking days off, it puts your students back. And there's a lot. It's not just, like, some jobs where you can just, like, take a day off and the consequences are just you get a lot of emails. Like, there's a lot more on the line. So he's like very much like, I can't, it's too short notice, I'm not going to get a sub. Um, And Spike is like, oh, well, you know, well, at the very least you got to eat. And he's just kind of like, eh, what's the point? Like, I'll just throw it up again. Um, And the scene kind of ends with Spike looking very worried as Snake is walking towards school.
2: You basically just described you as Snake and myself as Spike anytime you're sick and don't want to take a day off from teaching.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's a very teacher conflict. I I had bronchitis for a couple couple weeks. It was pretty bad.
2: Yeah, it's like it's like a very long time for me to get you to go to the doctor for that.
0: Yeah, that was <laughs> real bad. Real real bad. I uh, and I know for a fact I'm not like the only person who works with, with like in education who has has that story. <laughs>
2: No, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, and like you know, I I definitely get where Spike's coming from. He's got to take care of himself. <clears throat> um, Snake has got to take care of himself, but like her just sister... the. I don't know if it's just poor acting, but or just like being kind of fed up and not really, like. I guess sometimes you can say these things over and over again. You got to take care of yourself, blah blah blah, and then maybe it just becomes like repetition, and you don't think about it. But the way she says, "I know that came was really hard," but
0: yeah, like it comes the way that she it just, delivers it. It's like she she is failing to empathize with the situation. Yes. It's it's very odd given what we know about Spike. And like I understand Spike's dealing with a lot of shit right now, seeing as though she is a newborn, she has a teenage daughter and like all of that type of shit. She just dealt with, you know, Emma's dad you know, and that whole entire thing in the beginning of the season. But it still doesn't quite explain her
2: I mean, I think I think she's just autopiloting. Yeah. I think I mean, it this is an assumption, but it would make sense that this these conversations many times have happened over um, similar things have already played out like this. Where yeah. she's just been trying to get him to take care of himself and he's just not. Yeah. And so it's kind of just an autopilot, especially if she's got 800 other things to deal with.
0: Yeah, yeah. I guess it's just like, I'm like, oh man, I miss like early seasons <laughs> Spike so much. I but mean, I there's a good she's scene with her coming lot.
2: later, so.
0: Yeah, 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 that's true. So, I don't know, Frank, if you have any thoughts on this part. I
1: mean, it just bummed me out. Like, I've had I had a friend last year who was sick and going through treatments for a um, particular kind of cancer. And it's... It's a tough, like, line. To, not, it's a tough... It's tough to know your place in that, Mm -hmm. for me, at least. Because it was just like, normally, my thing is, I don't, like, I don't withhold anything of myself during that time. Because it's just, like, they have enough people asking them, like, every single thing about their disease. And my thing is just like, I'm just going to talk to you like we always, we talk normally. That's something I kind of learned from the Tig Notaro live up mm-hmm. where where Tig is just like, "Please, just talk to me about your shitty day. Do you know what, what shit I have to handle? It would be nice just to hear about somebody have, having normal problems." But like, so, but I understand like the frustration on both sides. Like, I, under- well, I understand snakes as much as I can, but yeah. like, yeah, it's just so it's just a rough for everyone.
0: Yeah. It really is. And in this situation, just there's so much change happening in that family. Like, also, never mind the fact that they've only been married for like a couple months at this point. Like, Well, really? Yeah, because White Wedding, when they get married, like White Wedding happens, Spike finds out that she's pregnant, like within that weekend that they get married.
2: Jeez. So
0: they have gone through a pretty brief courtship. And then they go through getting married pretty quick.
2: And then they go through the whole, um, what's her name? Scroding girl again? Emma! Emma. Jesus! Emma's, like, biological dad coming in and, like, messing things up. But then the baby gets born during that whole nonsense. And now they're here in chemo station.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh. Yeah, sorry. I am.
0: You are a cat!
2: It's the crinkle. I man. know, you this like the It crinkle. makes a crinkle noise and I play with it. I know. Sorry, I'm an actual human being shaped cat. It's true. <laughs> but en- Envision that however
1: you wish. Are you sure you're just not a bunch of cats in, in a person suit? Um, I won't. I, I have no comments.
2: Basil and Dahlia
0: run you like you're like a Jager from Pacific Rim. <laughs>
2: Are they drift compatible? They're drift compatible. Oh, no, no. Dahlia
0: drift. and Basil are 100% drift compatible. You're they they're right. They're,
1: they're sisters. Yeah. I don't think I could ever do that with somebody I'm related to. Because, like, knowing every secret, I'm just like, mm, no, there's certain things I don't want to know about.
0: <laughs> Not ideal, but I feel like in the case of cats who spend every waking hour with each other, I feel like they don't have that many secrets between the two of them. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, let's keep moving forward with this one. Soon we'll have
1: our Pacific Rim podcast.
0: Ugh, please, It'll no. be two episodes. Yeah, no, don't, don't. <laughs> I don't make me talk about Pacific Rim. Um, anyway, um, the next time we see this plot kick in, Snake is intermittently in the A plot. We'll talk a little bit when he does appear in the A plot. Um, but the next time that it's definitively B plot related, Snake is kind of like just you know, just totally, like, incapacitated in the living room. Spike is walking in. She has these nachos, um, and they have a tiff about it. Emma is kind of standing, appears in the doorway, kind of watching them have the tiff about it, because Spike is taking the position of, you have to eat something. I made nachos. These are a thing that you like. uh, You know, Snake is, like, reminding her, like, "Uh, I'm on chemo, and this is not something that I am going to be able to stomach.
2: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a good writing depiction of the struggles of someone trying to be a caretaker when the, when the person who needs care is totally unwilling to be cared for.
0: Yeah. And you know,
2: it's, it's a real struggle. Um, I think, I think it effectively shows how the caretaker can often feel stupid Mm -hmm. and just want to throw their hands up in the air. But at the same time, you know it's spikes, spikes. Oh my god, I hate these names. Like I why know are they...
0: in my notes, I've spike and snake use interchangeably. I have yeah. to like look at the full <laughs> note for me to know what the hell I'm anyway, talking about.
2: Snake's Snake's viewpoint is very well established and very, very. You know, it's very real, and it just, it just, it's just a shitty situation.
0: Yeah, and I guess it also kind of shows how, as much as like you know, cancer is an unfortunate thing that is. You know, everybody has some sort of experience with it, whether it's a family member or a friend or the, themselves, like, have been diagnosed with it. And you would, you know, people would probably think like, oh, because it's like such a part of our public conscious, like surely everybody would know as much as it would hurt. Like they would be like, well, I know that I can do X, Y, and Z if so and so, someone close to me had it, and like I would be able to make these, you know, super nutritious meals that they could eat and things like that. But the fact of the matter is, is that when it happens, when it happens in your family or whatever, and you have to be a caretaker. You're not going to automatically know exactly what the right thing to do is. And that's what we're seeing here with Spike where she, you know, she's not going to knock it out of the park the first time around because this is her first time being a caretaker in this way with somebody who has a chronic illness like this.
1: I remember like when my friend got diagnosed, I looked up this thing called the ring method, um, Mm. which was super helpful where it was essentially, like, the closer you were to somebody, that's, like, where you got to come... <laughs> um, we just heard the normal cat noise of, something is breaking, I can't see where that cat is.
0: <laughs>
1: um...
2: You... I think they're just stealing pens from the pen jar.
0: <laughs> I think they are, because they're definitely... Those were definitely full before a week ago when we got the cats.
1: They're going to become writers. Um, they got the time. True <laughs> So, it's just like the person at the center is the person with the actual uh, disease. They get to complain to everyone. Yeah. Then comes, like, you know, you'd have, like, Spike and Emma and they don't get to complain to snake they get to complain to the people on the third ring or the second ring which would be like Joey or um you know Spike's friends at the salon or Caitlyn or whatever and then follow up and then like for Emma it would be like Manny and Sean and like they don't you know that's that's what the problem of last episode was like Sean was breaking the the Activity of the ring. Like, you don't get to complain to Emma about how you're feeling neglected, even though it's a perfectly valid feeling to feel, but you're still, like, you hold that back because, like, the person's going through something. Yeah. And, like, that was super helpful. So. Um. But whatchamacallit. Um. <laughs> but. And, like, this is also the first time I have ever heard Spike's actual name. Yeah. Oh, what
0: is
2: it? Christine. Christine.
1: Right over my head. <laughs> He's just like, Christine. I was like, oh, God, this is really serious. I'm like, oh, no. It's like when my dad didn't call me, like, a curse word.
0: It's like, oh, oh, no. <laughs> this is, this is real.
1: Oh, that sounded, once I said that, I realized it sounded worse.
0: I always, imma- I imagined that he called you, like, a little shit.
1: That was exact. Like there was a day in kindergarten, I found out what little shit like what shit meant, and I came home and like burst through the door, or I came in and I just yelled, "Dad's been calling me a little poo." (laughs) (laughs) My nicknames were Rollo, fuckface, cockknocker, little shit,
0: cockknocker. That's good.
1: Um, The prince for a while. Um,
0: That's too mild.
1: But then I asked him to stop calling me that because it made me feel, like, too highfalutin, and he stopped. Okay. Like, instantly. Aw. But, uh, yeah. Um.
0: Yeah, they continue to have this altercation. Um, and, you know, as they're kind of talking about this, the doorbell rings, and... There's
1: a lot of Emma just standing by in this episode.
0: Yeah. Which I kind of get. Because it's like...
2: I, I... I mean, she's watching her parents fight. To a certain degree, it's just like kind of a pathetic fight, but not in like. It's just. It's sad, but also like, come on.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think that's kind of how she feels about it. It seems like she. And and I feel like this has been a consistent thread we've seen with Emma, where she takes on the caretaker role remarkably well. Um, almost scarily so, considering her age.
1: If you heard her internal monologues, like, amateur move, mom. Yeah, right? (laughs) That's a rookie mistake.
0: (laughs) But, like, that's what what I feel like it is to a certain extent. Like, I feel like she just is on standby so, like, she can kind of pick up the pieces of her mom's stumblings. And just kind of be like, okay, like, let's smooth this out. Like, snake, it's valid to feel this way. Mom can't do that, sorry, like, but I think also there's a part of her that wants them to figure it out because they're fucking adults, and I think that's, like, a big thing with her. Yeah, it's not
2: her place.
0: Yeah, yeah, she's very aware that it's not her place. I think she respects Snake enough and cares enough about Snake that she doesn't want to just be a referee for them, like, she wants them to figure the shit out, but she also doesn't, she doesn't trust them enough to leave the scene, like, she, she needs to be there and watch and make sure that they find common ground.
2: I mean, I, I, are really projecting onto this like two seconds of, of no no dialogue from Ella. What do you
0: think this podcast is? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean... Yeah. It's Donny, two hours Donny for projecting. 22
0: minutes! <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just I mean, I do feel the same thing because it's just like I saw, like when I was a kid you know, a younger kid, I remember my parents fighting and they'd be like, you know shouting at each other, which you know, it never got that bad, but like you know, they'd shout at each other sometimes, just what parents do. Yeah. But, like, then, like, high school was not a great time for my family. Uh, I don't want to get into the details of it, but, like, there came a moment when I realized, like, my parents were, like, just sad and, like, you know, and, like, were upset about things. Not angry, just sad. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, this is a strange new facet to our relationship that I was not prepared for. Yeah. And... Yeah, I really felt for Emma in that moment where I'm just like, I'm gonna need to, like, step in, and I am so unsure.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's it, it's a moderator position. I think a lot of the time people characterize it in, like, kind of, like, abusive households and, like, you know, the kid running between. But, like, it, but I think it plays out more common than people think, especially in the case of, like, kids who do have this kind of understanding of different perspectives that Emma is trying to achieve where she wants them like you know I don't know it just makes a lot of sense to me I know it probably comes off a lot like projecting but also she literally like is looming in all of these scenes to a certain extent (laughs) so I feel like we have to kind of read it as such
1: I'm just laughing at the idea of like you know scrawny Emma Nelson looming over anyone
0: <laughs> we have to give her credit though she's not as scrawny as she used to be yeah. like she is she is growing up like she really is yeah so let's let's give let's give her some credit even though Gwen cannot remember her name worth anything
1: um then who shows up but uh, Joey
0: <laughs> yeah so the doorbell rings um Emma opens it up it's Joey zooming in he's wearing a bowling shirt he tosses one at snake. And today kind of tosses the shirt back um, because he points out, which is pretty valid, like bowling alleys are fucking nasty when it comes to germs. Um, you know, bowling balls are used communally, blah, blah, blah. And he's kind of listing all of this stuff and he's pointing out, like, Joey, like, I'm immunocompromised. Like, I cannot go to a bowling alley. And um, Spike is just like like, just goes off on him and is like, you are going to go! And she's like, put the damn shirt on and go! (laughs)
1: It's like, like, there's the spike I remember.
0: (laughs) Right? And, like, I think it's really funny because Emma's standing there still watching this scene unfold and she just kind of has this tiny smirk on her face when her mom goes off on the situation, which is pretty fun.
1: I'm sure she's, as like, not that they're sick of it, but just, like, wants snake to be happy again
0: yeah yeah yeah, i
2: think that's the large feeling i think you you can see from her she wants him to be happy
0: absolutely and like i don't know like
2: and you know i i I just remember the first time he is talking about this with her he emphatically tells her that he will beat it yeah and
0: she's holding him to it
2: and that he promises her So I think she's very relieved to see, you know, her mother hold him, hold him to that and hold him to, you know, she, she's, I think she says the line of, you're not dead yet. Yeah. Go, go bowl. You're not dead yet. Go do something fun. Yeah. Don't just sit around here waiting for, waiting to decay. Yeah. Which, you know, that was what he needs.
0: Exactly. It's... I don't know, like, I feel like cancer narratives are always kind of like this, they're hard because it's like, the language of cancer emphasizes, like, beating it and things like that, and... But, like,
2: it's, it's, it, the language is that way for a reason, and it's, it's bizarre, but it is very scientifically proven, um, that attitude in of itself can drastically change the prognosis. It's true. It's weird, but that placebo effect, baby...
0: Yeah, it seems to really come to play in the case of cancer.
2: so it's, you gotta, it's, you just gotta.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like you can't be too far in the rut. So so they're kind of able to work together in different ways to kind of make Snake have to, um, you know, get out of this funk and go to the bowling alley with Joey. Um, So they go to the bowling alley. And Snake, Snake gets a spare. I th- I misidentified it as a strike off air, so I am correcting myself now that he gets a spare. And...
2: It was a very well-done spare. It was the, the, the back five lined up, and he managed to get all of them, which is very impressive. It says me, knowing literally nothing about I was gonna Horton, say, where the than,
0: fuck did you pull that out of?
2: Other than just, like, I don't know, basic appreciation of,
0: Gone bowling bowling without. You've never fucking said anything like that. Well, it's a hard It's
2: Listen, I think anybody can understand it's a hard shot.
0: Okay. Wow. Well, anyway. um, As Snake gets the spare, um, he gets a compliment from somebody out in the distance. And he looks up and he sees wheels from the original Degrassi. Which means nothing to you two. But I was freaking, like, screaming when I saw him because... Wheels, dare I get into this too far. I mean, they already kind of reveal it in this episode. His ending point in the series is incredibly dark. Um, Driving under the influence, kills a child, um, seriously injures another one of the cast members. The cast member who in the first episode has the cane. She's in that accident. Yeah.
1: Okay, because I'm... I'm I thought his name was Wheels because he was in like a wheelchair for a while.
0: No, Wheels, Wheels had that name from the beginning.
1: Okay, because I was just like, okay, he got better.
0: No, Wheels, Wheels had that name from the beginning. I don't remember or even know if it's really established why he has that name. Anyway, so he, his last scene in the whole entire series is doing something like that. Um, I'm really framing how incredibly dark original Degrassi is, I feel like, with every passing moment. And I'm like, yeah, and this horrible thing happened. Uh, and this horrible thing happened.
1: His name is Wheeler, so I guess Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: that's what it was. Okay, sorry. I only watched that original it, series once.
1: His original, his <coughs> character name is Derek Wheeler.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a really rough one. His appearance is also incredibly rough. This is the last time that he appears on television, um, and, like, he, like, died, like, briefly later but like his family didn't know for many years like it was like a really sad situation wait are you
2: talking about the actor the now? actor okay
0: and like he because he like his whole entire character his character had like struggles with alcoholism and everything and he took inspiration from like his family's history of alcoholism and it was kind of like a fiction meets reality like he also struggled with addiction later on in life it's just like a really sad kind of life story and then he appears here and this is like his like first and only appearance in Next Generation so seeing him is like a pretty jarring moment for for people who have seen the original series and I'm sure it's jarring as you hear more even if you're a newbie like you're listening to his story and you're kind of like wait hold up you did what (laughs) um so like I saw him and I felt like total just like oh fuck moment when I saw him appear, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's like a very tense moment. Snake is very much like not really sure how to kind of react to it.
1: I remember they encountered each other in the like one of the during the reunion, and Snake was just like, "Oh no!" Like, I think I remember. Wait. No, I think I was reading something about this, where, like, they had a scene in the Canadian version, but not the American version.
0: Oh, shit, I didn't know Sna- about this.
1: Snake was disgusted with wheels.
0: Fuck, I didn't know about that. Wait,
1: really? In this scene?
0: Yeah, well, like...
1: When, in a different scene, like, the very in first in episode. In the first
0: episode. So, So, Mother and Child reunion. There's uh, a scene, okay. I never saw that scene, but that tracks, like, what... We're kind of dancing around what he did. We'll talk later about what he did. But at this point in the episode, for people who have not seen the original Degrassi, all they know is that Snake sees him and, and he kind of bristles at yeah. the sight of him. Um, meanwhile, Joey just kind of is like, you know, oh, like, uh, be cool, here's another shirt. Um, and it's just like a very disorienting moment in probably for different reasons, for different ways, for uh, depending on if you're somebody who watched the original series and, or someone who didn't. When I was a kid, I was just like, who the fuck is this guy? I don't understand. Where are I? Why are we always with the adult plots?
1: <laughs> it's like Spock showing up. And you're just like, who?
0: <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't fucking know. Um, obviously, I know now. But, at the time, I had no fucking clue. Um, so the next scene, I don't know if anyone has anything, any other thoughts about the sight of wheels. It doesn't mean very much to you, too. No, it, like, it
2: means
1: nothing. Yeah, yeah, it's mostly what
2: he says after this. That... Just, just another guy with with no hair in this in this trio. Now they do
0: make a reference to <laughs> I that. I know, I
2: know. It's. I wouldn't say that without.
0: I know. Yeah, there. but um. So Snake continues to score well. Wheels <laughs> commends him on it, and he's like, you know, I can't believe that you're sick. Like you're still like bowling really well. Blah blah blah. <laughs> um, and then like you know they're kind of sitting. With a distance between them, and Wheels takes a seat closer to Snake, um, and Snake confesses to him that you know he's not doing great. He feels like shit. He just like wants this whole entire thing to be this whole entire thing to be over, um, and he doesn't like nobody straight up says like you know like suicide like they're having like suicidal thoughts, but it's very clearly there. It's you know. The way that they're talking about everything. Um, and Wheels says that... And this comparison, like, I, like, balked when this happened. Because Wheels says that he understands how Snake feels because of the fact that, like, you know, he drove drunk and he killed a kid. Doesn't mention that he seriously injured a friend, but that that's a different thing.
2: Yeah, I mean... First off, Snake is like, you don't know how I feel. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. And he just proceeds like he pushes this narrative. No, I know I know how you feel because I drove drunk once and I killed a kid and I I too wanted to die.
0: But like and and here's the thing that really bugs me about this.
2: These are they're entirely separate things.
0: They're entirely yeah. separate things. Like but his th- is
2: driven by guilt. His is driven by I am a terrible person. I yeah. should not exist. Or Snake is driven by like this sucks. I don't want to deal with this anymore.
0: But here's the other thing that also bothers me about this comparison, because wheels, at least if I as I remember in the original series, like did struggle with alcoholism. And he very easily could have made the comparison of I understand what it's like to not want to go on because of my, you know, my disease of alcoholism and my struggles with addiction and how it never really feels like I'm out of it. And it's, a, it's also a chronic condition. So if you were going to have these two characters come together in some way, don't have it be the one moment in his life where he drove under the influence and fucking killed a kid. Have it be that these are two people who struggle with disease. Because not only is that a comparison that makes more sense, but it also is a way to show that alcoholism is not just some thing people actively choose to do and and choose to hurt people because of it no it's a condition that unfortunately many people struggle with and it would have been a really really great way to make that comparison and make that comparison to viewers of all ages of like no this is a real issue people are dealing with and it's not just the, the people you hurt along the way that that sucks and makes you want to die, it's the fact that you are dealing with this disease as well.
2: Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know the context. He didn't say any of that in this episode. He just said, I drove drunk once.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, you know, maybe, yes, that would have had to make canonical that this character still struggles with sobriety and things like that. And that is heavy. And I, I get that. But like when you also have had to de- to deal with the fact that some of your past characters have like traumatic brain injuries, I feel like you can have that be canon.
2: I, I'm i wondering if maybe that was an original script, that kind of conversation, but in a 20 minute episode or 22 minute episode mm. where the rest of the plot is taken up by teenage angst, having such, such like real adult life situations and and, and and concepts might have been too much to tackle, time-wise.
0: Maybe, but, like, I'm not asking him to, to do, like, a slideshow. Well,
2: okay, but imagine, really, really try and imagine how, imagine a setting where you would be happy with that comparison, and imagine how much dialogue... And, and set up what it would take for you to actually be happy with that comparison.
0: I guess. But I also feel like you could have knocked out a scene or two of the A plot and nothing really would have happened. So <laughs> I think that A plot could have been streamlined quite yeah, a bit. I think so too. But that's that's my <clears throat> other argument. But anyway, they have this conversation, and and while that would have been a decent one, it, the comparison is I know what it's like to want to die because I killed a kid because I drove under the influence.
2: <laughs> excuse me I've had a lot oh, of soda before here anyway, that's, that's my feelings on that
1: belch
0: <laughs> yeah it's just like and Snake Snake doesn't question it he's just like well how did you deal with it um, and <laughs> makes
1: sense checks <laughs>
0: out yeah right he's like yeah yeah you know I hated your guts in a scene that was only aired in Canada but you know this really made me put it into perspective even though I was there when I even though I was definitely like around when you got into that accident
1: I, I, you know, I've been spending my time teaching children and helping children, and then there's you, <laughs> who, you know, I, like, I, I'm constantly reminded of um, Jake Peralta from one episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, where he's like, and then you killed your partner because you're junkie scum, though I know addiction is a disease, Is I'd be super sympathetic if you hadn't killed someone,
0: Yeah, it's just, like, this weird thing where it's, like, suddenly, and I guess that's also my issue with this conversation. I I agree, Gwen. I think that if we really wanted to set up that, like, you know, we both are struggling with chronic illness discussion, it would have taken a little while. But I also feel that this turnaround to, like, I have issue with you too. I understand, because you said that you struggled after something like that. It's
2: It's weird. I mean... Who else is he gonna talk to about this?
0: I mean, I guess, but like
2: you know this this whole b plot is him like having this strife with with his wife, and because he can't you know that's too close it's it's too inner circle, as Frank was saying mm-hmm. this this guy is way out there. you can tell him anything it's not gonna matter, yeah,
0: yeah, I guess there is some aspect uh,
2: you know. It's, he's meaning-making with him, and whatever, it's fine.
0: Yeah.
1: I honestly think this could have been a good, another use of Mrs. Suave, the school guidance counselor. Oh, Suave. Sauve, yeah. Like guess I mean. maybe because they're colleagues. you like,
0: wouldn't, yeah, yeah. and I, I feel like, I feel like also, like, she probably is very good with child psychology, yeah. and maybe not necessarily, <laughs> no. And,
2: no, no, I'm just just imagining her being like,
0: I can't take this. You're over Snake. the age of twenty five.
2: I understand the prepubescent mind of of a that not fully formed brain when it points gets at fully, spinner
0: as he's rocking. <laughs> when,
2: when it becomes fully formed, it's too complex, and I don't know how to deal with that. This is above my pay grade, right? <laughs> I,
1: no, like when she points at spinner, she's like. I fully understand the mind of a prepubescent, except that one.
0: <laughs> right? Just like, except that one. Just that one. Um, he's
1: not a bad kid, but... What the fuck? He's complex. <laughs> and, and and Snake's just like, you have to be kidding. He's like, it's weird. It's so weird. Um, yeah. But it's just like...
0: Yeah, I, I do get the uh, dump-and-run appeal of, like, talking to a stranger and, and just, like, you know... And
2: especially a stranger that has, like, a mild understanding of what you might might possibly be going through. Yeah,
0: yeah. Even
2: if, even if it was a pretty terrible thing and not really connected to his struggle at all.
0: Yeah, I guess I just, I don't know. Uh, killing a child is pretty big. <laughs> like, pretty bad. It's a pretty big fuck-up. Um... <laughs>
2: Anyway, let's, let's, let's put this. Yeah. Oh, let's put,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, Snake is like, oh, like, how did you, how were you able to deal with this? And Wheel says, like, he found something deep inside of him. Um, and like, you he just- found
2: generic reasons to close this conversation.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like that's the other thing. It's like it's like such like like paltry words. It's like I've been dealing with this horrible guilt that I have experienced and had to deal with for decades, uh, and, and I found
2: something to keep something, me living. Something <laughs>
0: intangible deep
2: inside. And here I am. Uh, it's like because of that
1: something. Unless you, like, fist-fought a moose to get away from a school bus full of children. I'm just like, what was that thing? I need specifics.
0: Right? Like, can you at least give me, like, a planner? Like, like were you bullet journaling? Like, what were you doing? Like, give me something to go off of, buddy. So, Wheels gives this non-specific, I found something deep inside of myself. And, like, I wish he at least gave, like, I looked around myself and saw people I cared about. <laughs> or something. I have a cat. Like... You know, I adopted a bird, and I realized the bird's gonna live for like fifty years, and I gotta, I gotta stay alive
1: for it. Like, I adopted this parrot, and damn it, I didn't know how long they lived. <laughs> like, I thought they're like parakeets, dead in like four years. <laughs> like, all of me.
0: We should really emphasize that, like, we have this gallows humor because we have also struggled with this this question of like being alive and like you know dealing with that type of stuff. And, like, I kind of wish he gave something like that. Like, just instead of this non-specific, I just found my way to fight. And, like, you, you, you you just gotta. You just gotta, Snake. I don't know.
1: It's, a, it's just a quick note on the Gallows humor. Like, sometimes when you look into the face of darkness, you just have to laugh.
0: I mean, it's true. To
1: make it less scary.
0: It's true. It's true. And maybe well, that that, and- this episode could have benefited from it. Yeah,
2: well... I mean, this is where the episode tries to go in the end. Um, you know, he's trying to, he's getting out to go bowling, uh, Snake, to to laugh in the face of death, essentially. To have a good time and push through this hardship.
1: And, like, and just for those listening, if you're going through a hard time, I'll just give you one of my personal frank tips for dealing with, like, depression and anxiety. I would always try and imagine my depression anxiety as something that didn't scare me at all. Like I kept referring to it as Snidely Whiplash from the old Wacky Races, so I just imagine it's this like mustache twirling like me, and I was just like, "You're not that scary." <laughs> so I don't know if that helps, but for me that's always worked. Um, and then Joey does have a pretty line: He's "Like three men whose heads match our balls."
0: Yeah, like he comes in.
1: Um, Bowling balls. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh.
2: Oh. Just for any people that forgot what they were out to do that night, um, which, is rub- which, is, which is not, it's bowling balls. Does he say bowling balls? It's a kid's show. He must have said bowling balls. Uh, yeah, he well, definitely said bowling been, balls. I, he definitely They had the context of being in a bowling alley and probably holding a bowling ball.
0: No, no, Joey definitely says bowling balls. He, like, comes in. He also just marches in and like, let's have a toast. Like, not at all thinking about how, like, my friend really fucking hated this dude. Like, maybe I should be a ref while they interact initially? I don't know.
1: <laughs> this does remind me of, like at the end of Return of the Jedi, where, like, Obi-Wan and Yoda's ghost, and then all of a sudden Anakin appears, if I was like, Obi-Wan, I'd be like, you stay the uh. fuck over there!
0: Yeah, like, right, though? Like, I don't know, like, I... You
1: killed a child! You killed... Or, you oh, that's a little
0: too on the nose right now, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yikes. But it's true, he did. and Anakin did. That's yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, 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 you he killed multiple children. You don't
1: get off that easy.
0: <laughs> yeah, he killed a lot of children.
1: <laughs> you killed one douchebag. That does not make up for all this. Anyway.
0: <laughs> anyway, so, like, they, they kind of toast to, like, looking the heads that look like bowling balls and old friends and all that type of stuff. Um, and it's kind of like an uplifting note that transitions to the final scene of the B-plot, which is Snake, Joey, and Wheels singing the Zitz song for the thousandth time in Joey's convertible. Um, and then Emma and Spike kind of peek from the window and they smile as the guys are just kind of like dancing around and screaming the lyrics in on the street.
2: Yeah, I, I just have to, the Zits is their band, right? Yeah. yeah. From the original, I just have this one note at the home, at the, at the end, the Zits roll on home. <laughs> That's all I have. <laughs> I did not take many notes for this episode, I mean, clearly Donnie has a lot of things to say. I'm mouthy. I... God,
1: I just...
0: It just
2: we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk about the A-plot. Mean, just honestly,
1: incredibly... I mean, honestly, I just... This, you know, I did just feel... This felt very hard. Like, I just could not keep myself from my heart being worn by the camaraderie between these three.
2: Oh, sure. I mean, it was a nice note to end on. Um, yeah. For the B-plot. God, I cannot wait for the end of the A plot. Oh
0: my god. So let's get into it. <laughs> yeah, let's get into it. Um so A plot, oh boy. This is where a lot of discussion about teen sexuality comes in. So like, you know, be aware. Um <clears throat> so the scenes opens up. We have the whole episode opens up with Craig and Ashley making out. It's like the super cliched teen drama type of makeout session where you're tossing the textbooks and you know you are, and you know he's like trying to get hot and he- hotter and heavier and touching Ashley's belt, and she like you know is like tries to like kind of t- get him to stop. um... And she, you know, they kind of pull away and Ashley explains that she's apprehensive um, because she loves him, emphasizes that she loves him. but Yeah, she means, drops
2: the L-bomb, baby. Oh,
0: yeah. She drops it straight
2: smack in his face. Oh,
0: yeah. And then she's like, you know, I... Oh, uh,
2: he is so confused.
0: Oh, yeah. Because she's like, I deer love you. in the
2: headlights. Uh,
0: she's like, I love you. And I like want, I need to know if you feel the same way. Because Ashley cannot do anything without it being full of drama. No. Like, she doesn't look as much like a goth anymore. She's definitely going into that pop-punk kind of scene look right now. Honestly, looks a lot like how I dressed in high school. Um, just like, you know, like the black graphic t-shirts, the kind of studded but not quite studded belts, and, and you know, like, kind of like the dark wash jeans.
1: If it wasn't licensed, she'd be wearing an Invader mm-hmm. Sim shirt.
0: Oh, 100%. Oof.
1: Yeah.
0: No, it's <laughs> oh, just Oh, man,
1: the... what a dark time in history. It was,
0: it's just the reality of the situation. Uh-huh. Sorry.
1: Hey, it could be worse. She could be wearing Johnny the Homicidal
0: Maniac. Oh, it's, it's the same damn dude! Is it? Yeah! Anyway, uh, I like to imagine her wearing Green Day American Idiot shirts. Oh, yes.
1: 100%. Personally. Oh, And then, like, Ellie's just, like, poser and then pulls on her Emily Strange t-shirt.
0: Oh, please. Please. That's exactly what... This is exactly what happens. But, um, so, like, you know, Craig...
2: (laughs) He deflects like a champ.
0: Yeah, he's just like, oh, like, you know, oh, I think you smell, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, I'm joking. Like, of course I like you. And... (laughs) I can't really blame him because she's so... And she's always been this way when it comes to, like, dropping the L-bomb where she's, like, incredibly intense about it. But I also understand, like, especially when you're young, like, it's like, oh, I love this person. Like, they better love me back. Like, it better be a mutual thing. Like, when you're older, you kind of understand a little more. Like, you know, love is something that really depends on the person and, like, you can be there and that person... But that takes years to understand. Yeah. So, like, I understand when a kid is, like, uh... I do. I don't know. I'll talk more later. But I mean, in
2: this context, I think it's very appropriate to have that conversation, especially if if they were gonna like have sex there. Yeah. As as I believe this is, would be her first time, right? Yes. Yes. At least it hasn't been established otherwise. I had
0: to think for a second, but yes. Yeah, the, um, the,
2: the, like that's a real big thing. Yeah. As as a teenage girl, almost almost any teenage girl is 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 gonna. Want to want to do it with someone they love,
0: and not time. to get super like, and who loves them, not to like super like kind of pop the uh it's go it goes there ness of Degrassi. But as of right now, the only I think the only character that has had sex it it was rape and it was Paige.
2: Yeah, and yeah, I think so
0: like i don't think people have been in sexual situations or like they gotten well, kind of hot like... and heavy but like they've never had like they haven't gone all the way as they would say yeah which is like a really grim fucking thing to think about that we've but been then, in three but seasons but then again like <clears throat> i mean they yeah, were incredibly aside hot. from
2: aside from the sexual assaults i i think it's probably appropriate for not many of them to have not had sex yet Absolutely. Like, they're still in high school. Statistics are most kids don't even have sex until after 18.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I come from a very, I come from the hard-hitting world of youth development where kids are definitely having sex at this oh. age. But, oh, um, no, no, they
2: certainly are. It's yeah. just not everybody.
0: Yeah, it's just a very... It's a hard balance. Like, I don't know what the right answer is in the case of, like, YA media, especially ensemble-based YA media. Like, when is the appropriate time to establish that these characters are having sex? I don't really know the answer. It, it is a little uncomfortable when you realize the only sex that we have seen has been rape.
1: The, the note on the wiki says... Craig and Manny are the f- first two characters to have consensual sex in.
0: Yeah. In Degrassi. Yeah. In this episode.
2: Minor spoilers.
0: Yeah, I guess that is kind of spoilery. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <clears throat> Whatever.
1: We'll get to it. We'll get to we, it. We said teen sexuality.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, but like, it's...
1: <laughs> and I'll, I'll add the trigger warnings.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's just... Yeah, now that we're talking about it. But like, it, it is... Hey,
2: drama happens in this episode. Right? If you couldn't figure that out from that that little hint.
0: Eh, we'll see. But yeah, like, I don't know. It's it's a very difficult balance. I don't know what the answer is. I, I really don't.
1: The, the answer...
0: I don't, I'm not glib here. I really don't. Yeah,
1: like, the, the answer I've always found is make it make sense with the characters. Yeah. Like.
2: I think it makes sense that, that this is where Craig and Ash, Ash are at at this time. Yeah. Yes. I think it makes sense for them. A- I think it does not make sense for most of the other characters. Yeah,
0: and Ashley has always been a character who was more intrigued by sexuality than others because mm-hmm. she was the one that was trying to figure out if she was ready to have sex with Jimmy all those seasons, like, way back when. So it makes sense to me that of the characters we have seen, it makes a lot of sense that she is one of the ones who is going to be curious to kind of explore that a little earlier than some of the other characters that we have in the cast. Yeah. Um, I guess then it becomes a decision on the writer's part. What what do you want to come first? Because I, I you know with Degrassi, like having a sexual assault plot makes a lot of sense. It's a teen drama. I guess then it becomes more of a question: is when do you fit the sexual assault plot? Do you do that before or after you have characters that have positive sexual experiences?
2: Well, they chose before. So yeah, like, they
0: chose before. But a like, midpoint. yeah, but like I think that's something that a lot of teen dramas probably struggle with.
2: Well, I, I think it's also a struggle with the, the, the broadcast channel. Like yeah. how how much is the broadcast channel going to let you talk about sex?
0: Yeah, like how how are they gonna how much are they gonna let you do it positively? Yeah, especially
2: when it's like a public um very public channel, whatever this was aired on. The, in Canada. I don't know. I,
1: I don't like well, I I think you're I think <clears throat> There are some very good points being made, but I don't think we can discount the episode where Jimmy and Ashley are preparing to have sex. I think that... It is a
0: good approach to it. Yeah,
1: I know it didn't happen, but that is our first, like, kind of encounter with this.
0: That's true. And and it does emphasize, like, using condoms and being safe and communicating with your partner. So, like, you can't discredit... That, that does lay the groundwork of what positive sexuality looks like, even if the characters themselves do not have sex.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, so, for me, that's where it starts, As it started that one-in-season... That's huh.
0: that's a... Yeah, I know, right?
1: Well, no, no, because I also remember, like, I still can't go over Mother Child Reunion. Yeah. So?
0: Yeah. It's... Yeah. But, um, so... They... So they kind of have this issue, um... Ashley just kind of entirely pulls away after this and says, like, you know, she has homework to do and she has to help plan Paige's surprise party. Um, and Craig just kind of stammers through it. Um, is like, you know, like, I do feel similar, but, like, you know, I don't know. And, like, he's kind of, like, stammering and kind of really nervous about this. Um, and Ashley just kind of comments on how she has make-out hair and she leaves.
1: I just realized Craig is proto-Scott Pilgrim.
0: Ooh, no, don't say that! Oh, no. (laughs) At this moment. It's a hard one because it's like, there's a part of me that just is like, I want to look at this just as like a dumb teenage boy plot, but there also is this part of me that cannot forget that this is an abuse survivor. Yeah. And that's like where I get very... And I think this happens Let's, to me a lot with Craig. We'll, we'll talk about it. Well, that, yeah. that
2: point comes up a, lot, a a little bit later, too. like And yeah. um, specifically, rather.
0: Yeah. Anyway, so, the you know, we have the credits happen, and then we get to um, Craig and Marco. They're in front of the school. There's, like, all this flower theme stuff. Um, they approach Spinner and Paige, and they're exchanging pet names while she leaves. Um, and Craig is just trying to ask Spinner, like, you know, does Paige... You know, ever, like, check out of a makeout session, basically. Um, which, huh, yikes, but Craig probably doesn't know about Paige's no. being a survivor of sexual assault. Um, and Spinner just doesn't really get the question. Um,
2: well, <laughs> well, I mean, Craig's being very vague about it.
0: Yeah, he's being very, very vague about it.
2: Um, and, and, you know, eventually he gets it across, and Spinner's like, I don't know, man. Like, And then Marco really just cuts in and calls Calls Spinner out for for not getting past third base. I guess. Yeah,
0: but then, then Spinner gives this jab at him. And he's like, "Well, well, you don't know it. And you don't know anything because you're too busy checking out the Bat Boy." Which well, is what like the, fuck is the
2: Bat Boy also. I <laughs> I had to rewind that and hear it three times to understand I was hearing it correctly and still uh, did too. not know what it meant. I
0: I think what he's saying is is just like it, the bases are a heterosexual thing, and Marco wouldn't know dick about it. Well. That's probably not the best. Uh, see, story. that's
2: the funniest thing because I wrote none of them know dick about sex, and I was like, "Well,
0: hey.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was that was in my notes, and I didn't Good. cross it out.
0: Good, but um, I think that's what he's suggesting. Spinner is like, you, you've never like, you know, like you, can, you don't even like boobs. Why are you thinking about touching a boob? That's what second base is, right?
2: I don't know. I'm twenty almost 28 years old. I do not know
1: anymore what the bases are. Okay, so I don't know <laughs> the, the bases as I, as I always as I have always known them is um first base is kissing, second base is right. uh hand stuff above the waist. Third base is mouth stuff below the waist fourth is sex. Four, home fourth fourth base Home plate. This so, sucks.
0: So second base is touching a boob. Yes, I was yeah. right. touching a boob. Second yeah. base. Got it. Second base. Touching a boob.
2: Uh, <laughs> just imagine like big hand over over the the the, the <laughs> what do they call those? The mounds? No.
0: The bases. The bases.
2: Jesus. Just big hand. Oh, there's big the big. pitcher's mound. That's better. That it's a better mean visual. Any,
0: yeah. It's anyway. Good, like, <laughs> oh God, I hate this. Anyway, um, that spinner's tri- spinner's insinuating that that Marco doesn't know shit because he's too busy wa- looking at boys. Um,
1: I'm just I'm just reminded of uh Jake and Finn. What's the 45th step? You don't ask about that.
0: Yeah, like. <laughs> but um, I do kind of appreciate as much as I didn't. You know, I don't like seeing Marco get that type of comment slung at him. But also, it felt so realistic for like. for like somebody like Spinner to say that and have it in like as a viewer being what the fuck but it's because Spinner's like hyper focused on the fact that Marco is gay and like that is all he is thinking about when he's interacting with Marco probably
2: why does Marco still interact with him
0: I mean they're in a band together and like also think about it this way he's also a kid who you know D- desperately wants things to stay somewhat status quo. Yeah,
2: it, you're right. You're right. I've been
0: there. Mm-hmm. I get it. Marco's Marco's story makes so much sense to me. Yeah, and no, you're right. I love him, and he deserves better. But um,
2: anyway, none of these none of these children know dick about sex.
0: Yes, that's that's the real that's the, the real the real takeaway here. But um, so Marco. And Craig, they have a lot of scenes together in this episode, mm-hmm. which I really appreciated. Um, Marco just kind of straight, the next scene, Marco just straight up asks Craig, like, you know, do you love Ashley? And Craig says, like, love is a lot. And as, as he's talking about this, like, you see Manny in the back and you're like, oh shit, what's she wearing? And then she zooms ahead and you're like, what the fuck is she wearing? <sighs> Ugh.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm... I don't want to shame somebody about what they're wearing. Well,
2: well, okay. There is a shame of like, like, to use the the phrase slut shaming because it's it's revealing. And then there's shame where it's just fucking hideous looking. It's
0: a hideous ass outfit, and like, so like she <laughs> dashes past, <laughs> and, it's so ugly. and Marco is like, "Whoa!" Like she is not. Like Manny just lets everything hang out. Now I think is like what he says or yeah, something to much. that effect. Mm-hmm. Um, I my thing about that outfit is it's whack first of all second like those shorts look so uncomfortable like that's all i could think about like they're just super tight and tiny and like all i could imagine is like the back of her legs getting stuck on the seats when she sits down at the desk is this like
2: the pink one yeah
0: it's like a pink pink, i almost thought it was a but like It was a weird. I could not really discern the fabric.
2: Where's Eric when you need him?
0: I know, right? I'm just gonna like call him instead of a screenshot. Um, we'll talk more about it later because this is we just see it very briefly. They're like, huh, and then it's gone.
2: It's like it's like same fabric shorts, crop top, and then the beret.
0: I'll talk all about it. No, that's a Jenny from the block hat. Excuse you. Okay, it's Manny from the block. I'm sorry. Um. Anyway, so she passes by and then marco kind of refocuses the attention on the what's going on the fo- the fundraiser they're doing like rosegram fundraiser uh where you know you send flowers to somebody and he's like hey craig like you should send that one send one to ashley that might be a really good idea
2: he says Ex- express express yourself
0: yeah and and it's a
2: little romance never kills you
0: it's cute it's cute like Get Mar- some roses. Marco's a sweet kid. I'm sorry. But oh, I...
2: it's very cute. He's like, he's being very touchy-feely with Craig, but in a very, like, friendly way. But, no, like, in they... a very, like, supportive way, like, hovering on the shoulder. Just, just get her
0: some roses. Express yourself. I mean, Marco's some. a very tactile kid. Like, I really tactile. appreciate it he's, he's, he's,
1: he's Italian. Italian
0: he's Italian. No, he's Italian-Canadian.
1: Oh, Italian. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs>
0: he's Italian-Canadian. Yeah,
1: you're, right. you're right. Wow. <laughs> Isn't this the moment that Craig slings a slur? In? Or not even a slur, not no, a slur?
0: No, 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 he, oh, no. He he's says, like, like, you really are a girl in terms of, like, his attention to detail on, on romance.
1: This this was the point I texted you, I texted Donnie to be like, Marco is too pure for this world. Craig's really starting to piss me off.
0: Yeah, I mean, Craig, I mean, Craig, that comment, you know, it sucks. I'm not terribly surprised he's still a teenage boy. It's, it's, that's, we,
1: we were not great back then. Not great probably now.
0: (laughs) No, but, um. Those who
1: wouldn't say stuff like this, keep it up.
0: Yeah, right. Like, no, there are some good kids that don't do that, but a lot of them do. And, I don't know, I, I don't know. I just, I really like that Marco's just, like, trying to be, like, I'm going to help you, he's but been, it's, it's being a wig man. Yeah, like but it's in a very sweet way, and I like that he's like you know I don't know I appreciate how tactile they are to each other. I appreciate that even though Craig makes that comment, and I'm disappointed that he makes the comment. I like that overall, it's obvious that Craig's not trying to like separate himself from Marco or do any of that weird kind of roundabout homophobia towards somebody where you're like, you're not gonna outright be like I don't like gay people, but like you're still gonna find a way to isolate the person.
1: That's not what's happening here. No. That awesome. yeah.
0: yeah, I appreciate that, that we're not seeing that. Um, but oh, anyway.
1: This is my favorite moment of the entire episode.
0: What, Chris sending a Rosagram? Because that's the next scene.
1: Oh, no, no, not that. <laughs> Who, Wait, did I miss that? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Chris, okay. Chris, he's like sending one. He's like, give this to Belinda at blah, 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 homeroom. And Liberty's like, yeah, okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, my favorite, um, so, um, Liberty, uh, Craig buys a rose from Liberty, and she's like, oh, here. He's like, I don't need to write a note. And Liberty's like, you're gonna need to write a note.
0: (laughs) Like, it's to a girl, you need to write a note. I just,
1: like, I love that Liberty has more game than, like, Craig does.
0: I really like (laughs) this version of Liberty where she's just kind of, like, she's coming into her own. And, like, she's not afraid to be like, hey, dumbass. (laughs) Like.
1: Um, and then he, Craig decides to buy a dozen roses. Yeah. And Kendra is just shocked.
0: Yeah. Oh, Kendra. I bless her. I love her. And
1: um, JT and Toby are nowhere near this episode.
0: Yeah, right. Um. So Spinner, next scene we have Spinner approaching Ashley to make sure, like, you know, Paige's surprise party is all set up. Um. Paige kind of walks in as they're having the conversation. She's kind of suspicious, but she's definitely someone who knows that a surprise party is happening about her, but she's just happy that all the attention is on her, baby. Can...
1: I would just like to like just make a quick detour just to I know Spinner is very problematic right now.
0: Yeah, he's on the outs sooner. But rankings. like
1: I can I wanna credit what Credits do. He's a very attentive boyfriend.
0: He is. He is. And like that's It was a
1: very cute interaction when, when
2: Paige gets his her single rose from him.
0: And yeah. she like just turns around
2: and he just gives her like a it's, Thumbs up, like love you, babe.
0: It's hard because it's like uh, in all of my watches of of Degrassi, I feel like I've never truly hated Spinner. Like I don't really remember coming out of it, even though he's done horrible things. Like I always kind of come out of it not hating him. He's
2: he 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 comes from a place of extreme ignorance in terms of the homophobia stuff, homophobic stuff. Yeah. And well, it's just
0: extreme ignorance in general. Like, in, in many in general too. too. Yeah, you're right. Um, he said, he told, he said, being called a polar bear was racist. <laughs> the breakdancing <yeah>. episode.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, so just a lot of ignorance just, just all up in that character. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's... he's He's a chunkhead.
0: (laughs) He is a chunkhead, through and through.
1: Not so so tender now, but like... Not so tender,
2: but still a chunkhead and does stupid things, but like, he does some good things too. I don't know. He's still a teenager and figuring shit out, and there has to be some room for for mistakes. It's an interesting
1: conversation of what that line is, though. Yeah. I, I think it's important to also show people with just... Like... I think that sometimes in media we get caught up on somebody who's, like, good but has a flaw. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and we're just like, oh, well, that... That's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is just, like, to show, like, you can be good about certain things, but then, like, there's another thing you're just terrible about. hmm And just be like, this is kind of what people are, where it's just yeah. like... Yeah. You know... Not to say like you have to mistrust everybody, but I do think it's just like good to know, like, yeah, it's, like some people have two sides where like they're really good about this one thing, but then like another thing is just like, whoa, what the fuck? So oh. So anyway, um Ashley receives her dozen roses. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs>
2: She's very happy about it at first, and then she...
1: Reads the note. Reads
2: the note, which, like, I mean... Okay, so the note is, Ash, you rock, XO, Craig. And, like, I think it's this... I think it's adorably sweet. I
0: think it's really sweet, but I'm also 28 years old. Yes,
2: and I think I think this is a very teenage boy...
0: T.H. Boy, it's like me trying to be romantic. Well, <laughs> like, Quinn, I mean, well, so you that... rock. EXO, Donnie.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: okay. <laughs> After yeah, Valentine's like... Day, a little early, baby. <laughs>
1: I, I think the way me and my college girlfriend said I love you to each other is very cute, but that's from me. Fair enough. A thanks
0: for the tease. Okay. Yeah, right? Wow.
1: I'll, I'll tell you two when we're not recording.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> but, it, okay, I'm sorry, listener. So- certain things Frank's going to keep for himself. That's fair. Boundaries.
0: That's fair. No, that's good to have boundaries. Unlike me, who's like, hey, guess what? <laughs> Everything. Yeah, um,
1: I, I also found it cute, but I would have found it way cuter, much like Ashley, if he had actually said I love you beforehand. I mean... And, but I also understand he's not ready and he's pro- it's perfectly okay yes
2: yeah this is this is a classic situation of someone said the I love you before the other person was ready and mm-hmm. now it there is an obligation there is a weight there is this 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 dread now looming over yeah yeah because yeah. he wasn't ready for it but now he's forced to have to be yeah and and, and
0: with Ashley like she, She's not going to give him the space to no. to get to that spot. Like, <laughs> no, she's like, don't. I am here, and you got to meet me here. It's there'll, not. Let's grow together and figure this out.
1: There will be no quarter given, no quarter taken.
0: Yeah, like <laughs> like that's the thing. It, it's it's a very stressful spot to be if you're still and figuring stuff out.
2: And and even if you're not still figuring this out, like the I love you bomb, the L bomb is is a big deal. Even in adult relationships. Yeah. yeah. In they any kind change. of relationships. It is a big, it's a big change. Yeah. And yeah. I know. Frank? Well, I'm just, I, just to finish the thought, it's a big change and it puts a lot of pressure on somebody. Yeah. If you weren't at the exact same page, same paragraph, same sentence with each other.
1: And yeah. I, what I, I just wanted to say was like, you know, as a fully functioning adult, you can stop and say like, Hey, I'm appreciate those feelings. But I'm not quite there yet. Yeah. And I understand that it's disappointing to you, but like that's just how I feel. And I, that that doesn't always still so hard. Uh, yeah, That like, doesn't also, go well.
0: No, but also you can be you know, also when you're an adult, you understand that love has different forms and different capacities and you can like love someone deeply and it might not quite be at that romantic love level yet and things like I I don't know. Yeah. It's easier when you're easier when you're an adult, but it's not always the easiest when you're an adult. But it's still hard.
1: But Craig is not an adult.
0: No, he is a baby! He
2: still does not have that fully formed brain, as we were talking about. And oh he boy. does his best. And it's very cute, but it is not enough for Ashley. Yeah,
0: and like Ashley just kind of purses her lips in response to it. And Paige is just like, What you just got a dozen roses. Like, what the fuck? Also, Terry is in this scene very. Briefly. Oh, she's looking so cute. She too. looks so cute. I love um, Terry.
2: I can't wait to see more of her.
0: She's she's just like oh like she's just in it for like a hot second, but she looks so cute. Um, Snake is really snippy because like you know he's just like get it over with Kendra like because she's passing out all the flowers. Paige gets a flower. It's a really <laughs> cute exchange with Spinner.
1: And and then Kendra's just like he's just like get it over as fast as you can. She's like, should not have told me that. And just like sprints through the whole thing. I know.
0: I just I love Kendra. <laughs> she's a great anime <laughs> jack rep. Um,
1: and then she's like off to the second floor. I pull vault up.
0: Yeah right. <laughs> um, and Craig is kind of watching Ashley with this bouquet, and she's and he's just kind of looking progressively more distressed as he realizes that like you know this didn't this was not as much of a cinch as he was holding out. <laughs> um. So next, you
1: know, I just imagine his mental image is like, all right, it's going in for like a three pointer and the ball just explodes in midair. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's
0: exactly <laughs> it. though. <laughs> um, and then <gasps> yes, Sweat So this explodes. <laughs> you
1: know. Sweat, what?
0: <laughs> so the next scene we have, we have Manny in the hallway approaching Sully. This is where we really get to see Manny's outfit. Which upsets me. Because she's wearing a light pink mani from the Block hat. Um, and then she's wearing a cropped hoodie um, with a white camisole underneath. And teeny tiny shorts. The cropped hoodie and the teeny tiny shorts match. I couldn't quite discern the pattern. Sometimes it looked like pink camo. Other times it looked like a pink floral. I couldn't tell. It was awful either way. The pants are, like, look uncomfortably tight. And I just, re- I felt uncomfortable looking at that whole outfit. Like, whoever thought cropped sweatshirts were, like, but not in, like, a fun, like, like, like not in a fun way.
2: Th- this is the tight cropped
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so the ones like that are intentionally made. Not, like, someone who cut up, like, a threadbare champion sweater, sweatshirt. Yeah, I'm like, talking, like.
2: This is a style that is not in right now, currently. No.
0: Was very in back then. Yes. I hated it then. I hate it now. Um, it's it, it, sad. It's,
1: like, what Megan, it's not, like, what, uh, Jennifer Grey were in, um, Not Working Girl. Flash Dance? Yeah, flash dance. No,
0: we're, yeah, we're not talking, like, like, you know, like, cropped dance outfits and things like that. Like, no, we're talking, like, that ugly-ass trend from the early aughts that...
2: It's not, it's not sports athleisure cropped. It, it's, it's... I am trying to look... Sexy cropped. Yeah. It's, and it, it's uncomfortable.
1: It's Jennifer Grey Flashdance, not... it. It's Megan Fox Transformers, not Jennifer Grey
2: Flashdance. Yes. Yeah, I figured that's where you we were going, but I wasn't certain.
0: Yes. I don't that... want
2: to put the words in your mouth, but yeah. And so she's... She's talking to, I guess, her boyfriend. I don't Sully. know this character. Yeah,
0: Sully. he's in, he's in, um, he's the one that, uh, tries to buy the iPod off of Spinner. Jesus. And then he... Wait, are you
2: sure? Wasn't he, like, a grade-A nerd? I mean, he still sucks. Yeah, like, well, he's so bad. Okay, let's not gonna <laughs> play, like, nerds with being a bad person. That seems weird. Um. But.
1: I no, because like my, my I'm I'm not saying nerds suck. I'm saying like when I saw Sully for the first time I was like, man, this kid looks like an asshole. Oh
0: well yeah. I, I, I said he looked like a professional poker player.
2: Not, oh god, yes. That
1: is the the most accurate description. And it's just the way he's dressed. It's not trying to I'm not trying to shame this kid. He was just playing a role. I get it. But like they did a very good job of giving him visual cues. You're like, that guy does not look like somebody I want to hang out with.
0: Right.
2: Um, well, it, so I'm just saying, I had no idea who he was because he looks like, like, like a kind of, like the cool kid on the block kind of character
1: when, when, at this
2: point with his hair like all slicked and like his, his distant affect, uncaring affect.
1: One of the um, running head cannons on this podcast between Donnie and I is this is the kid who sells Tracker, Sean's brother, his weed. Yes. <laughs> um yes, he
2: definitely looks like he smokes and or moves weed in high school.
1: Oh
0: god. Anyway, he, anyway he, he smokes
1: weed and listens to um Bob Marley. Oh
0: this is ag- one of those. <laughs> I'm in agony. Anyway, so Manny's like purses her lips at Sully and is like, oh like, you know. Did you get the rose I got you? And he, like, he's like, yeah, and, like, swings around this dead-ass flower, just like, yeah, I did. Um, um, He's like, yeah, whatever. Um, And then she's like, you know, did you send one? I was wondering if, like... Got lost. Yeah, like, like, you know, did Kendra screw up? Did. And then he's just like, oh, uh, I guess you could pretend this is from me. Pass this dead flower to her.
2: That she gave to him.
0: Yeah. Uh, Give backs. Uh, <laughs> Not- you now, who... He sucks. And then, Teenage th- boys suck. But, like,
2: to this level? Is Sully that, it, does. This is
0: a man who, I like. Mean, yes,
2: I understand. Sully is a, is a, is a, not a bad boy. He's not the bad boy. He's just, he's just a
0: bad He's just a bad person. boy. Yeah. <laughs> bad,
2: bad, Kid. Just, bad. Just, I, just bad. I've just,
1: seen enough teen mo- movies at this point to be like, yeah, there's tracks.
0: hmm right? Anyway, mm-hmm.
1: he's, he's. I've met guys like this.
0: Oh, me too. Like they are the worst. They're terrible. He
2: just does not care about Manny whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, "Oh, you can have this." I guess passes back dead flower that she gave to him, and after which Manny asks, "Like, oh, what about that party?" Um, I think it, this is Paige's surprise party, right? Yeah, we're talking about. Yeah, um, she brings. Or er, shoot, I'm sorry. I think he brings that up. No, she brings it up.
0: She brings it up, and he's like, oh, I can't go to a party. And he's literally, the direct quote, he's like, sorry, boo.
2: Yeah. Yeah, He says, says, that's just the way it is, boo. Burns, (laughs) walks past her, slaps her on the butt, and leaves. Well,
0: yeah, like, he saw her as a piece of meat, and you got the look. I mean, he's the one that's like, "Manuelo sounds exotic. He's just a dumb-ass white kid. Like. Yeah. Period.
1: Um. Ugh misogynistic white kid a
0: misogynist racist white kid
1: yeah he wears socks with sandals Mm.
0: anyway um so manny looks absolutely devastated by this by the way just anyone would be anyone would be and i (laughs) it's it's especially
2: especially Manny, who's such a just a sad romantic yeah like 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 she's pathetic just pathetic levels of 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 romance or a romantic
1: she just wants to be like she just wants to be loved.
0: She really does. And and it's heartbreaking in so many ways like watching this kid constantly struggle with this and like I don't know, it sucks. It it really does. Um the next scene is Ashley assembling a cake and then um Craig appears. He tries to flirt and she's just like we need to talk. Craig's like, "Uh"
2: ah the love
0: here and that is uh, the boyfriend's favorite words to hear yeah right which like (laughs) mood i get it i get it buddy um and and you know ashley's like you know i feel like you don't feel the same way that i do and craig is like yeah like it's it's hard like it's hard for me too and and ashley's just like well like if you don't feel the same way i do we need to go on break She's just
2: too, way too intense, way too black and white with this.
0: My, my thing and with Ashley yeah. is, like, I, I understand she's a teenage girl, so she's not going to handle this with the grace that an adult would, but she knows what Craig has been through. And, like, that's the part that I get very screwed up on with it, is, like, she knows that he has struggled with this. With love and like how how people who have claimed to love him, parents specifically, like his father, like have, have used it to manipulate him and everything. And, and like I understand she's not going to be great at this and like she wasn't really great at it in even as far as like the finale of season two. But it, it still hurts to kind of watch it. It doesn't absolve Craig of some of the more boneheaded decisions he makes during this episode. But it still is a bummer to kind of watch it play out and watch, you know, watch an abuse survivor struggle with like being like, oh, oh, "Love is hard. I don't know. Love is really hard." And and she her being like, "Well, if you can't figure this out, then we're going on break. Bye." It still hurts to watch. Yeah, and that's all there is to it. And like that's what frustrates me about it is like, and I think this is like my big and I admit like my Craig bias a lot of the time the way that I.
2: I, I do think that Ashes when it when it comes to like romantic relationships and especially at, a, at this this very vulnerable new exciting period in your life mm-hmm. as a teenager and dealing with romance it's you, you put on really thick blinders yeah and it it becomes all about your feelings as a, as a teenager feelings are often overwhelming. Yeah, and, and all-encompassing. They are and er- erratic often too. Yeah, but I think it's very hard for characters to see characters, teenagers to see past their own feelings, just in general.
0: Absolutely, they're so, they're incredibly myopic. Not in the same way adults could be myopic either. Like and, I, I, they're just very myopic in a unique way.
2: And and as want to say that they can't be empathetic and and understand of different yeah. perspectives. I think they totally can. It's just when you when 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 you're dealing with these intense personal feelings um it's very hard to they become very distracting that's what i'm trying to say and it's hard to see other people's perspectives when there's all these distracting emotions at play
0: it's true and i I will also say this and i i'm going to say this because i am also like this so i am going to uh i want to say that i have permission to say this um (laughs) ashley is a writer and writers really like to get caught up in narratives of what things should be, especially when it comes to relationships. So, oh, Ashley, yeah, she's
2: definitely she's definitely taken her relationship and wrote it out, gave it like a whole outline of how yeah. it's going to be, yeah, storyboard and that shit, like yeah,
0: like she has had an outline, very very determined, very strict, very structured of like how things should be. So when you know you throw he's in not an action
2: that milestone of saying "I love you" before sex,
0: yeah, she's like, "Fuck it." And yes. I I say this as somebody who who has had that conflict myself. And, like, I want to believe that I'm better at handling that now. But, like, as a teenager, I expected things to go a certain way. And when they wouldn't go a certain way, it took a little while for me to realize that being in relationships and writing relationships are two entirely different things. Because being in a relationship features somebody else who makes their own decisions and has their own, like, emotional capacity. So... I feel like that's also a big thing with her. It's all about the narrative to her, telling a good story. Um, so she's like, We're going on break. Like, go, 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 go to practice, whatever. Like, just so you know, we're on break. Um, so we go to the garage. Uh, the boys are fucking up all over. Craig's not there yet. So Spinner, like, can't keep a beat. Jimmy is fucking pissed off about it. Spinner throws a fucking drumstick right as the door opens and Craig <laughs> walks into it. it. <laughs> Spinner doesn't even apologize. No, Spinner doesn't give a shit. I
2: mean, Craig also treats it like it's, it's just another day. And why? Yeah. Getting it, hit in the face of the drumstick as he walks in the door. It's and, about how he feels right now after being yeah. broken up with.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like he's super pissed off <clears throat> because of what has happened. Spinner is like, Hey, like check out what we've been able to do. And they're like trying to show it off. And Craig's like, this is the worst thing I've ever heard.
2: And, it is the worst thing you've ever heard. <laughs> it's
0: real He's bad. not wrong. It's real bad. Um, I,
1: I did like Jimmy giving pointers throughout the thing. He's just like, Spinner, one consistent beat. <laughs> Spinner's like, Yo, I don't know, I'm doing great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making the loud noises. I'm making yeah. the loudest of noises.
0: It's so bad. Oh, my gosh. Um, anyway,
2: Craig is obviously in a bad mood. And yeah.
0: Spinner and Jimmy are like, let's go get burgers. Bye. They're
2: like Craig needs to figure his shit out. We're gonna go get burgers. Have fun.
0: And and Marco stays behind and is like, hey, what's going on? And Craig just kind of He's a good boy. And Craig kind of vents to Marco about the roses and um, and Marco's like, you know, hold, hold up. I didn't say gift roses. That was going to be your end. I said, you should express your feelings, <laughs> which.
2: So you should express your feelings. What did you write? And this is, this is, I think where the line <laughs> comes for Craig it's just like, okay, you are a girl.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's like, well, what did you say in the card? Yeah, he does. He does say that. Yeah. Which I feel like. If given if given enough tips in the coffee jar I will write the college level thesis which is the feminization of Marco Del Rossi because I feel like this is something that could be written for like a, a, at least 15 pages about the way that his his femininity is kind of projected on like is projected upon especially when it comes to him Actually caring about people and caring about relationships and caring about interpersonal dynamics. So, give me some tips, and I will write.
2: <laughs> well, as we've seen, the boys do not care about relationship feelings. Of they don't other care people about feelings. They're, They're not allowed to have feelings.
0: It. They're not allowed to have feelings. So, you know, the one gay, the one gay kid has feelings. That's it. Like one, one boy in DeGrassi has feelings. And it's Marco Del Rossi. <laughs> But, um, yeah, he says, like, you know, he, he's like, well, look here, like, you know, from what you're telling me, like, you either have to say I love you, or you lose her. That's it. These are your options here now. Um,
2: He, he lays the line down saying, like, if you can't say I love you, you've already lost her. Yeah. Which is... Oh, man.
0: No, nah, I love it. I love it. I love, I love this whole entire... I love that Marco is like a fucking train wreck with interpersonal relationships, but like, he, he understands the theory behind
2: them. Ain't that how it is, though? It yeah. is,
0: it is. I feel like this happens a lot with, like, LGBTQ people, where they're oh, yeah. like, oh, like, oh, you need to do X, Y, and Z, and it's like, are you gonna do it? No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm doing ever. But, um, it's... It's a uh, very it's always funny to kind of see that play out in media. It, it it's really weird how Marco it's, hits a lot of those right notes as an LGBTQ it's very character. It's
2: tr- It's it's a trope, but hey, here we are.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's real. It's is real. Um and Craig just kind of like strums his guitar and then he kind of has a brain blast of sorts which leads to the next scene where Ashley walks to lockers in school and sees a note that is from Craig saying to meet her, meet him in the gym. Um, and when she enters the gym, she sees him with a guitar. And, oh my God, the scene. I, I had dreams of this scene happening to me. Confession. Because um, he just like kind of is like, no laughing, okay? And he just starts singing her a song. And he's like actually playing the guitar yeah, in it. Yeah,
2: as a person who is not any of her... Very- Talented a guitar. I can tell those were actual chords. He played a G chord, he played a D chord somewhere in there. I think there was a C. It was basic chords, but it sounded oh, yeah. nice.
0: It was basic. But he he sings it to her.
2: There is some there is some hammer-ons, it was good.
0: Yeah, and like as he's singing it to her, Paige and Manny, like it looks like they're like grabbing stuff for like whatever, and they just kind of stop and watch it from a distance. Um <laughs> my oh, my notes say confession. I dreamed of this happening to me. No, now that I'm older, I would rather die, to be honest. Yeah. Now that I'm not fifteen years old, I was like, I nobody pay attention to me. Don't even look at me. My own partner, don't look at me. Don't look at me, Quinn. No. <laughs> um anyway, so Craig Craig, like, you know, is it's like the songs it's, are- it's- it's adorable.
2: It's really he's singing key. very cutely. Yeah, it's, he's
0: like kind of doing that, like cute little smile while he's singing. He's,
2: he's like bashful it's too, but boyish. still, but still singing well. It's yeah,
0: good. and like you know, if finally, if fi- you know, the last lyric and is... and it clicks
2: in my mind that that this is the he is the cornerstone of that band, and without them, everything is on fire. Really,
0: that was what made it click. Well, <laughs> I had
2: not seen any. I didn't see him play anything before. Okay.
0: So. Okay. Um, But yeah, so like it all leads up to him saying that he's in love with Ashley is kind of like the whole entire setup of the lyrics, the ending part of it. Um, And Ashley is just so like overwhelmed, happy by the gesture. She's smitten. Yeah, it and was really cute. It was. It was a really cute moment. Um, then the next scene, they're setting up for for Paige's party, and Ashley's like, "Hey, like, you know, at the after after the party, like, do you want to stay over?" And you know, she kind of gives the the green light that they can have sex after the party. Um, and Craig is overjoyed by this development. Um, so the next scene we have with the plot they are everybody's kind of scrambling to hide to surprise Paige. craig and spinner end up under a table together and craig's like checking his watch and he's just like oh yeah like guess what i got post-party plans baby um and spinner's like yo what 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 and he gets so into it like they're so distracted by this conversation they don't even notice Paige like coming in yeah, they
2: know it's too late, and Spinner <laughs> bonks his head trying to stand up too late to surprise his girlfriend.
0: Exactly. Um, and, like, Paige is, like, so happy to be the center of the attention. She doesn't even give a shit. Like she's no, just she doesn't like, even
2: know he's. She's just like, oh, okay, I see him five minutes later. I guess he was here.
0: Right. Yeah, right. Like, she's not angry at all. She's just happy that people are focusing on her, and good for her for feeling yeah. that way. Of I. Whatever. Paige is a star. Um. And you know Paige is talking to Ashley, and she kind of goes like, "What?" and gestures towards Spinner and Craig high fiving, um, and Ashley gets really mad about it. And then meanwhile, Manny's in the corner, like absolutely miserable, like this poor kid. I um, remember
2: she's going alone to this party. Exactly, exactly. Well, without a date to this party,
0: mm-hmm. without, without Sully. Um. So. The next scene at the party, Spinner is like blowing up a long balloon and fucking uh, he like just fucking like humps it and like lets it deflate. It's a lot to take in the whole scene. I
2: He he lets it fly like he's ejaculating.
0: Yeah. That's it's the visual how... you need. Why are there so many nasty ass scenes in this series featuring balloons? We've had balloon titties, now we have balloon dick. And it's entirely outrageous to me that we keep having to see such lewd imagery with balloons. Um, so, so that happens. And then Ashley pulls Craig aside and is super pissed off about the whole thing. And is like, you know, I thought this was a private thing just between us. And Craig's like, I just told my friend. And, you know, it's that classic kind of altercation. Um... And
2: we can be a second, Frank. You're nodding off.
0: <laughs>
1: I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm here.
0: I knew you were asleep because I was talking about. We were talking about Spinner's ejaculate balloon.
1: No, you
2: aren't. <laughs> yeah, I yeah you missed a little bit. <laughs> oh, god <damn> it.
0: <laughs>
1: <sighs> How much. Okay, I'm sorry. It's okay. It's been a, it's been a trip.
0: I know. <laughs> I know.
1: Okay, let's keep going.
0: Anyway, um, so Ashley is yelling at him. Is like, you know, I, I got this supposed to be a private thing, um, and you know, she just jumps quickly to, you know, the idea that, um, you know, you don't actually love me. Like, you just, you know, you just are trying to bone down. And Craig just storms off. Um, in response to her, her take on the situation.
1: To be fair, besides that last bit, I would also be angry at Spinner Nuke. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. Like, if... I get you got you got your one friend that you
2: talk to that stuff about, but like, it not have one. to be
0: Spinner. Why can't it be Marco?
2: <laughs> Please,
0: like, talk to Marco about this shit. It'll be like so much better. What happened to? A, what? I'm sorry. I was trying to talk, and Quinn grabbed Basil by the scruff of her neck because she was trying to eat a fake flower.
2: Yeah, she was trying to eat um a fake version of one of one of Ashley's dozen roses.
0: <laughs> Excuse <Holy> you! <laughs> this monster!
2: You're trying to shove a whole rose in
0: your house. There will be I'm no my
2: no roses, cat.
0: Oh my god!
2: You are my ro- oh, oh. I love how okay,
0: Gwyn's like there are no, <laughs> there will be no cat distractions, Gwyn.
2: Well, I'm sorry, Basil tried to fit a whole fake flower in her tiny mouth. She's seven months old. That mouth is not big enough for flowers, especially cardboard ones. They <gasps> really made out of wood. Wood, close enough. Yeah, well, that's true. More Ish. aesthetically pleasing.
0: Ish. Um. Anyway, so yeah, I mean, Spinner's definitely not the guy you want to tell. But also, like, I understand why, because I understand Craig being like, I can't tell Marco about this, he's not gonna get it, because he doesn't like women. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I understand the kind of pea brain that is a straight, cis boy. No, I think
2: this was just opportunity. I think he was under the table with Spinner. Yeah. He was like, oh my god, I gotta tell somebody. I guess it's this loser.
0: Yeah, I think there's also that. Like, I understand like, wanting to jump out of your skin. We're also at a phase of, of the, of life where not everyone has phones and not everyone has group chat texts and things <laughs> like that where, like, you know, there isn't a banned group chat text right now that, like, Craig could just kind of punch in, like, holy shit, guys, and just kind of, like, put his phone down. <laughs>
1: I just imagine then, like, Jimmy constantly tacking, tackling Spinner whenever he's doing something dumb. Hey actually... Oh, God, here we go!
0: <laughs> I keep imagining Jimmy just kicking Spinner out of the group chat. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, every two seconds.
1: Throwing Spinner out like he's DJ Jazzy Jeff.
0: Please. But, um... Anyway, so Craig marches through the party, slams the door on the way out of it, Manny approaches him, um, and he... This part also kind of messed me up because he's just kind of, like, saying, like, how he messes up and he messes up again and again and again. He's raising his voice as he's talking about it. Um, and Manny is trying to kind of offset it by being like, oh, like, you know, I would have loved to have a song like the one, like, the one that you sang to her in the gym. And, and she confirms that she saw the song, like, the performance happened and everything.
2: She says, "If that song were for me, I'd be happy for months."
0: Yeah, and it's it's just like this perfect storm of bad.
2: And then she tacks on a a, a very quiet forever.
0: Yeah, it's it's a perfect storm of shit. <sighs> you know what I mean? Like it's just like she's in a vulnerable vulnerable spot. He's in a vulnerable spot.
2: <laughs> yeah, Craig is representing to Manny everything she is missing from from her relationship.
0: Yeah, and. Manny is showing a level of attention and
2: understanding and appreciation that, that she's that, that you know Craig is not getting from Ash right now. Yeah, she's been very demanding and not, not not appreciative of him. Yeah, in a situation and
0: it, it it's hard because I don't actually think the dynamic of Craig and Ashley is a bad one. No, I don't
2: either, I, and I don't think like I don't think it's it's. A bad thing for a relationship to not always be about appreciating each other yeah. all the time. It doesn't like, have
0: to be a validation fest constantly.
2: Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and they've been together for for a little while now. Yeah, if they're at that point where they're kind of just they're they're together.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like they're they're so together to enough thing, that she just... could have love toward him. <clears throat> So, I, I do get it. it. It's one of the, once again, it's, it's a perfect storm of, of shit where they're both incredibly vulnerable right now. And, like, those two should not have ended up alone together because this oh, is what God. happens. Um, and she, so, that you know, Craig brings Manny to his house, shows her around the garage. Um, and she's, like, so fascinated by being there um and it's like oh like can you play like the song and everything and it's like this i almost like there's like well, a go ahead nothing it's just like i feel like uh, once again it's just a perfect storm of shit
2: i mean manny is she has an agenda
0: she does i and I, I hesitate it's
2: very obvious yeah. that she wants to make a move on craig Yes. And I hesitate to say she's very interested in all the things there, um, because it very much read to me, watching it, and it's just my opinion, that she was using that as a
1: prop to make him interested in her.
0: Exactly.
1: I mean, she does say at one point, like, when she unveils her new look, um, and you got the look, she's just like, uh, Craig like won't be able to say, like, I look, I'm too young now or something she mentions craig when oh he, yeah they yeah. went on a date right yeah, yeah and it was oh, a shit gosh, show. that episode yeah. wow and the, here we are she's
0: she's been like you know harboring feelings for him for a very long time at this point and really wants his attention and it
2: yeah, i forgot there was that history. there's a
0: lot of history between the two of them and it's it's also very kind of difficult to uh I don't know, it's just a very hard thing, because, like, for so long of it, like, Craig has been resistant. And now he's kind of in this low, and in the process of being in this low, now he's open toward her advances. And she's plowing through. Yeah. And And I get it, because she's been pining after the dude, but...
2: Yeah. And, and this, she asks him to, like, would you play that song for me? And, like, is, I think, in my mind, feigning interest... Because she she never he never plays the song for her he she never yeah. insists she just like uses it as a prop to get him to be closer to her and it's just very upsetting to watch
0: yeah because because
2: and... you the viewer know that she is just this very she's vulnerable she's needy she 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 needs attention and she is desperate she's just very desperate for for love
0: yeah and like the thing about manny is where where ashley has like an ag- like ashley in many ways has an agenda has a narrative she wants to see happen and if craig can't meet that agenda she's gonna you know she she says you're out meanwhile <clears> manny <throat> is so desperate like she kind of has these rose colored glass glasses type deal where she's going to make him suit her for you know, her fairy tale romance that she wants so desperately and in the process kind of ignore his flaws or ignore the the pretenses of them getting together. And it's it's like, it's, it's, you know, examples of how two people kind of are trying to fit this person into their relationship a certain way, but where, like, Ashley is very no compromise. We see Manny with endless compromise, basically, to make it work.
1: It's what... It's what makes it's what makes like you nervous when she like gets around a boy because she mm-hmm. stops making good decisions
0: exactly and she's a bright kid like yeah. she is not a stupid kid she gives pretty decent like you know observation and she, you could tell that when she screws up she learns her le- like you know she learns from it but the second a boy is involved she becomes so desperate for their attention, that logic goes out the window.
2: Yeah, like, it's, that's in those teenage feelings blinders.
0: Exactly. And, like, I've met so many girls like Manny, mm-hmm. girls that I loved working with, and I would say to them, like, you are not ready for a relationship yet. I know you don't want to hear me say it because I'm an adult, but I'm telling you right now, you you should not, or, like, they would be like, oh, I'm really into this, into this person, do you think I should pursue this person? And I'm like, honestly, no. <laughs> like, honestly, I think this is bad. But I also understand that you are you're a teenager and you're not going to listen to me. And you're going to do this. And I'm going to have to pick up the pieces. But that's how it is. And Manny is that kid. And it breaks my heart because I have taught many a Manny at this point. And I'm going to continue working with kids like her. And it's always sad to watch, watch the cycle play out on TV. Um, but yeah, like she... Um and you know he he begins to kind of play it and she's like Craig you're the best if Ash doesn't see that she doesn't deserve you um and she kind of shoves his guitar out of the way to lean in and kiss him.
1: That, like she just takes it out of his hands. So it's like yeah cool cool we won't need this anymore. Yeah right
0: like cool 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 no um and so she so like you know she affirms that you know the kiss is okay and they continue. He kind of like tentatively unbuttons part of her shirt. Um, and it kind of fades to black as they continue to, like, heavily make out. And
2: this this is the juxtaposition, the scene with the opening scene, where Craig is now being invited to sex, whereas it was before the barrier.
0: Yeah, exactly. When he made
2: the move to, to say, hey, is this something you want? It didn't work out the first time. This is now working out, and it's implied that the two have. And, and Degrassi's first consensual, at least on-screen on depiction of... <laughs> Or er, 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 insinuation of sex. Yep, between teenagers.
0: Yeah. Um. So the next. I, sti- oh,
1: I'm sorry. I just <laughs> also read another note that brightened my heart. That, that this is the last appearance of Sully.
0: Yeah. Right. Bye. Oh, good. Yeah. Fuck you, buddy. Um.
1: <laughs> he just walks out of the show.
0: Yeah. Thank God. Um. So the next scene, the last scene, Manny is talking to Emma. Um, It's nice, apparently, you know, they've had their shit. I guess they've worked on it enough that they are talking to each other in this way. Um,
1: I was a bit more cynical about this scene. Please
0: tell me how you were cynical.
1: I read this a bit more of just like, oh, well, I crossed a barrier that Emma hasn't crossed. Let me Mm -hmm. go tell her.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Uh, well,
2: she doesn't tell her, but she teases her with it. Yeah, she, she kind of teases it. She At least she has the, the wherewithal to acknowledge that this is sensitive material and perhaps should not be talked about in a public sphere just right yet, because she does not know for certain the status between Craig and Ashley.
1: My, yeah. my co-hosts here are distracted by cats.
0: Dahlia's um, just chirping away like nobody's um, watching.
1: But she's like, it was the best night of my life, and I'm just. Uh,
0: and Emma wants details.
1: It just like that just made me so sad because i just like, right. like she's so she's she
2: is the epitome of teenage desperation. Yeah, for, yeah. For, for love. She's a total for any form, and she will warp any kind of affection to romanticize it into it being her fantasy ideal.
0: Yeah. That's exactly it. Um and you know, Emma wants details and things like that and like uh.
1: So Craig comes Craig <laughs> I, walks by. Oh, sorry, I was just I, I then just started thinking like, did he bring this up to Joey? I'm guessing not, but just like I no. want that I want to hear that conversation. Just like, oh, Oh boy!
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Joey is
1: not the man to ask about that.
2: No. You're <laughs> like, I've been there, and I have no advice for you. Child. Yeah, like
0: welcome to hell.
2: <laughs> I I never said to be like me.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, never expected. Never
2: expected to be a um, a father figure here for for you, this uh, teenage boy.
0: Yeah, you know, Angie. I mean.
2: And she's a girl. I don't have to worry about that. I just tell her don't ever have sex with any living thing.
0: Yeah, right. Like <laughs> I got
2: that. I got that he's under like, control. I'm
0: really good at being a patriarch until this.
1: <laughs> um,
0: so, um,
1: so yeah, Craig goes walking by. Manny like jumps down from where they're sitting.
0: Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, super sweet. Yes, puppy. I.
2: Puppy dog eyes.
0: She says, like, she messaged him and everything.
1: I, I, I left you a bunch of messages.
0: You just didn't respond. I just, I just wanted to make sure you saw it.
1: Hey. Hey, Craig. <laughs> it's been five minutes of my last message. Just see you at your home. Wait, still, two minutes. Guess not. All right. Call you in ten.
0: 24 hours since that magical moment thinking of you (laughs) i'm only laughing about this because if i don't i cry quite frankly but um you know she's like i messaged you and as like you know they they look like they're like going to make any progress in this conversation ashley descends and is just like hey craig i need to talk to you right here right now anyway um you know i had a long talk with paige uh, which I wish we saw yeah oh I God. I know that we it made no sense in the story to see that scene but I would have loved to see Paige and Ashley have a heart to heart
1: yeah I, I'm gonna ch- I'm gonna check the DVD deleted scenes
0: if the, if that scene exists <clears throat> I will be so happy it would be so cute because
1: it also just means that Paige took time out of her birthday party well I guess not nah, I think this is Monday the party was on Friday
0: no but I think they had the conversation at the party, like yeah. from what Ashley said. Either way, it's they had a
2: conversation. I think viewer or viewers, listeners that have followed and understand <laughs> Paige as a character, could very easily envision how that conversation would play out, and it's good.
0: Yeah, it's really sweet. Um, and then they embrace in front of Manny. Um, and then, like, Manny's like always in the corner of it. Like they really tried to make you feel like shit during the scene. Um, oh God.
2: Oh, and, and then And so uh, Ash Ashley apologizes and it's a good apology. She yeah. says I'm I'm sorry I, I can't remember the exact words, but it's somebody in the lines of like I I kind of took things for, for granted. Yeah. Um, and and I, I apologize. She says, I apologize. I apologize, I love you. Mm-hmm. Gives him a big hug and Craig staring directly. Over Ashley's shoulder in this hug, directly into at Manny, says, "I love you too." And you can oh. and, and that's that's your end credit, baby. <laughs> and in the that's w- the freeze frame.
1: And in the words of The Simpsons, "Look, look, Lisa. If you pause at the right moment, you can see the exact moment her heart shatters." And now.
0: Awful. <laughs> Fucking awful. Oh,
1: but it was
2: great. It's like great. this whole it's like episode was built around cheese. this whole episode was built around how Craig could not say I love you and then gets that gets that closure of finally saying it at the at the most at the saddest possible
0: it's some good Degrassi See? cheese, baby. I, I
1: really feel like they wrote the they. they came oh, that up, was that was a zinger.
0: They, they had the ending done before they had the whole story. Yeah, they're just like, <laughs>
1: how do like? It's like somebody came running in. And they're just like, how do we get to this ending? Like, I agree. I it's
2: think pretty, it's what a what pretty basic thing. Like, that's very easily. Yeah.
1: yeah. So I'm gonna give this a solid uh, A minus. I didn't find it that much to hate about it. Like. And I'm gonna give it a B plus. Like okay. the the homophobia slang at Marco is still unnecessary, and the fact that it was coming from Craig, also bothered me. But it was just like I th- felt like the, uh, the more I think about it, B minus. <laughs> the wheels plotline just also boggled my mind.
0: Yeah.
1: So okay, final grade B minus. Okay. I thought the A plot was excellent. I thought the B plot was. Weird and pointless. hmm I mean, not pointless, but just, like, poorly done. It just done. wasn't well
0: executed. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I my gripes with this episode remind me a lot of my gripes with season one, where it feels a lot of the time like my gripes with the episode were not really what the writers intended me to read, but it, it is what I read, so I got angry.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: okay. Let's go to character rankings.
1: Alright, um, Emma didn't really do anything this episode, so she's staying where she is. Um, Paige, just, yeah, she can't climb any higher. She didn't really do anything.
0: She <laughs> Sp- had a long talk with Ashley.
1: Yeah. Um, Spinner, you're going down to the rankings for being a, just a chunkhead in so many ways. Um, Marco, uh, you're cl- climbing high towards the page levels. Um... Craig, oh boy. Craig is currently in an infinity sign where he keeps <laughs> going up and down. Like, it was He's rough. He's in limbo. He's yeah. in
0: constant flux.
1: Um, Manny. He doesn't know where he is. No. Uh, Manny's just going to stay. It's just so sad. Um, Spike for putting her foot down and just being like, you need to get out of the house and do something fun for all our sake. Uh, going up in my estimations. Snake for finally admitting what's happening with him. You're going up in my estimations. Joey for being there for your friend. Going up in my estimations. You're a good, like, dude friend. You need to be a better all-around person. Mm,
0: real. Um, Real shit.
1: Um, is that it? Oh, no, uh, Kendra for just existing, going up from my estimations. Okay. Liberty for throwing that sass, going up in my estimations. Did, yeah. I, did I say Ashley? Ashley's a tough one. Yeah. Uh, She's going to go up a little bit for eventually coming around to the idea that she might have been overreacting. mm
2: mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it takes a lot. It takes. I mean, granted, she needed Paige's advice with this, but it takes a lot of guts to... To apologize in that kind of situation. Yeah, I sh-
1: I sh- I'm gonna bump her up like three more levels because this is much better than her last apology, which wasn't really an apology.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, actually Ashley- actually is an interesting one. She, she fucks up, but she usually can get to a plane where she understands why she fucked up. Yeah, and and I appreciate that about her. I
2: I, I loved this. Okay, I maybe love is strong word right here. But I, I really appreciated um, her ne- her her arc in this in this episode mm-hmm. because there was just a lot of subtleties in it.
0: I feel like her her character in general has an incredible amount of subtlety written into her plots. Yeah, which I really appreciate
2: because this this whole relationship strife that she has with Craig is yes, it's a very. You could, you could chalk this up as, like, he won't say I love you. You're uncertain of where you stand. But those are just words.
1: Mm-hmm. There's
2: re- there's so many other feelings and uncertainties that go into making someone feel that way as the words you come out of your mouth. Like, I'm uncertain that you love me in the way that I love you. Mm-hmm. What, what are those feelings that cause that uncertainty? It's, it's everything. And to have, like... I just really appreciate the subtleties in... In this episode, in her arc with coming around to the idea that she she didn't give him the space, mm-hmm. and that's a, that's a really high level concept thing for a teenager. Yeah,
0: I think she always has that capacity, but I think much like any teenager, she needs the scaffolding to get there. Yeah, and and I think that's Ashley's thing where she can get to that higher order thinking level, but she just needs a little bit of a push to get there.
2: Try look at that. Education Masters coming out. Yeah,
0: but hey, why why else would I be on this podcast? But um <laughs> I think that's just the way she is, which I, I appreciate about her. I I yeah, don't know what good. it is about this viewing. Like me doing this podcast, like I feel like I have a fondness toward Ashley that I did not have any point I watched the series.
2: Hey, that's the point of this, I guess. Yeah, I guess so.
0: I guess so. Anyway, I don't do character rankings, I'm not allowed. <laughs> Um, Anything else about character rankings, y'all? I'm good. Alright. You good, Gwen? Yeah. Uh, So let's go on to recommendations where we recommend things that are related to the themes of the episode or just tangentially related or just things that we enjoy. Um, I'm going to recommend a graphic novel that I have not been able to read yet. I bought. I haven't read yet. But I have a lot of my kids really picking up and enjoying uh, which is called Hey Kiddo. It's, uh, by Jarrett J. krozick Sorry. Jesus fuck. Anyway, um, it's a graphic novel that has come out fairly recently. Um, it's about a- it's a- a memoir piece, a memoir graphic novel piece about, um, a guy and how he kinda, like, was- when he was growing up dealing with the strain of having a mother who was incarcerated and dealing with addiction, as well as, um, you know, not really knowing very much about his father and until, like, kind of accidentally stumbling upon his information and being raised by his grandparents and kind of a collection of that kind of experience. So if you want to see how... Addiction can kind of impact a kid's life and, like, you know, what it's like being in a, in a family that may have a parental figure struggling with that type of stuff. This could be a graphic novel that might be worth checking out, um, especially if you found yourself unsatisfied by some of the themes of addiction that just don't really get emphasized in the context of wheels in this episode.
1: Um, do you have one? Go ahead.
2: Uh, yeah, I, I can't remember if I've already recommended this. It's actually the book I got you, Frank. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, but it's uh, not got anything to do with, with this episode content at all. Um, It's a, a fantasy series. Um, it's not really YA, but it's not like highbrow. It's not in any way highbrow fantasy. It's, I would say, teenage up kind of reading level. Anyway, it's... I really like it. It's um, a trilogy by the author N.K. Jemisin. She actually won the Hugo Award for all three books in in a row in this trilogy, which is incredibly impressive, um, if you put stock into any award kind of things for writing. And it's, again, it's a fantasy series. Um, I won't give away too much of the plot, uh, but it deals with a, a kind of magic so to speak of um manipulating the earth's energy and the first book in the series is called the fifth season and it's 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 a pretty it's a pretty good read i like it because it has a, a lot of a range of different kind of characters really great um diversity and representation of all kinds of minorities uh there's there's a trans character in it there are multiple queer characters um there's polydynamics, there's a lot of, the lar- large, large amount of the cast is, is dark-skinned, um, I mean, I hesitate to say black, because I don't really, it's fantasy setting, it, they don't, it's different cultural stuff, but they're not, they're not all white characters, which is a big thing in fantasy, but hey, here we are. I really like it, it's great, check it out. The Fifth Season by N.K. Jemison.
1: Um, speaking of basing stuff off on awards, I'm going to, um, recommend Beck, my boy, just won Best Alternative Album at the Grammys last night, um, so I'm going to suggest his album Sea Change, um, it's just a beautiful album, uh, he had just gone out of a 15 year relationship, and he just wrote this, and it put, it... The year it came out, I fell asleep to it, like, almost every night. Oh. Because it was just, like, just such a good album to fall asleep to. Just puts you at a very peaceful, uh, easygoing place. But if you want something a bit more dancey, I would suggest Odile or Guero. Um, his new album, Colors, is very good. I don't know. Like, Beck... Beck's a very... Oh, in Midnight Vultures. Midnight Vultures is so fun. <laughs> but, um, Yeah. I recommend certain works with Beck. So
2: certain works. Well, it's just like the the, I, the,
1: I infom- tease. the information is not that good, or Modern Guilt, or sure. uh, Morning Phase.
0: So help me God, if you are baiting people to go off about Beck in our email, a. A guy I've never really listened to, I'm gonna be so mad. There's gonna be like all these people being like, "Mm -hmm, actually, the best Beck album. Be like, I don't know, I don't care.
1: (laughs) Just forward those to me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I will argue that for years.
0: (laughs) I just send a sunglasses emoji and just goodbye.
2: Most most of my relation with Beck was I, I listened to him a bit growing up. And I only really listened to the album Odelay and, and Mutations. Oh, it? Mutations was also really yeah, good. And those are like my, my go-to. Um, and then Sea Change came out, which is just a totally different, um, sound than the, than the two previous records. Yeah. And I was like, as, as a teenager, I was just like, fuck this slow shit. Get this out of my sight. <laughs> Who is he? I was very angry as a teenager about that, which is, I mean... What's that's what that's what teenagers some just unnecessarily upset about a slow album.
0: Hey guys, start your own damn Beck podcast and let's keep moving.
1: <laughs> Listen, it's recommendations.
0: Okay, okay. Okay. Sorry, I'm teasing. I think
1: everybody's getting tired. We're anyway. all getting a little punchy.
0: Anyway, uh, that being said, Quinn, you've made it through. Oh, yay! Yay! Is there are there ways that people can keep in touch with you? Oh. was
2: it the Twin Peaks? No,
1: it was um No. <laughs> okay.
2: That that right. really sounded like a bit from Twin Peaks. Okay. Like a sound bit. It,
1: it was a um bit from it was I whatever. Doesn't matter. Let's keep Doesn't going. Alright,
2: let's
0: keep going.
1: What time is it, gosh? It's eleven twenty five. It's
2: not even that late. No. Let's we're keep we're going. actually ending early. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Let's keep
0: plowing through.
2: Uh, what am I doing? Uh, oh, how can people can contact, contact me? You? Um, yeah, you can, I mean, I have my, my Twitter, which is not locked, don't make me regret it, underscore um, Froppy, it's my personal account, I don't know, you can watch me complain about life and um, try and struggle my way through. The Kingdom Hearts saga. Huh. That's what I'm trying. I'm in Kingdom Hearts 2 right now, nearing the end. I just made I just made the the ultimate weapon keyblade. It's very pretty. Anyway, I did that at like 3 a.m. last night because I have no control over my life. <laughs> Real. <laughs>
0: Alright.
2: Underscore froppy at twitter.com. There
0: you go. Actually, isn't it twitter.com slash underscore froppy. Screw you. Okay, well, I'm just saying. Anyway. <laughs> If you want to keep in touch with the podcast, there are a couple ways you can do that. You can email us at ihopepod at gmail.com where you can send us any questions, comments, and concerns. You can also send us audio files as well as text talking about your relationship with Degrassi, whether it's specific episodes, specific characters, or anything like that, Where and we will play and or air uh, the clip or whatever um, during an episode. Please send these to us because I know that we've had some conversations on Twitter and on Facebook and things like that about how Degrassi has impacted some of you guys as listeners and we would love to share that to a wider audience. Um, if you want to keep in touch with us in other ways, there's a couple ways that you can do that. Um, you can contact us on Twitter at I Hope Pod. You can also join our Facebook group at I Hope I Can Make It Through Podcast. Um, and we also have a coffee account. So feel free to send us a coffee if you want me to write my grand thesis about Marco Del Rossi and femininity. Or if you just want to send us some money that we can put toward compensating our guests and or tech upgrades. Um, also, remember that we are currently giving a, a challenge of sorts to our listeners um, where once we hit 20 ratings and reviews, we will go into the deeper Degrassi archives and check out some episodes from Degrassi Junior High and Degrassi High, and we will provide free episodes for you as a thank you for giving us those ratings and reviews um, so you can get double the content um, just by helping us out and getting us noticed hopefully a little more. Um, if you want to talk to me individually, you can contact me on Twitter at dm is unbreakable.
1: Um, I don't have a Twitter right now, but I do have another podcast I do with my sister called Teen Girl Talk. Um, we talk about a bunch of other teen media. Uh, when this comes out, I think we'll have done the WWE movie Fighting with My Family about the wrestler Paige. Um, mm. and I. At this point, hopefully, my YouTube channel will be back up and running. Uh, It's Sir I Would Challenge. I will put a link in the description. It's going to be my old horror podcast, Heartbeat in the Darkness, some Let's Plays, and another segment called Fan Fiction Love Roulette, which you're going to have to see to believe.
0: Nice. That being said, we hope we can keep making it through and that you're going to be there with us. So until next week, everyone.